A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they, will, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbors in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregations of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the, home, of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you should eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today is the middle part of our preaching series of using readings from Exodus to help us understand and discern God's call for our lives. In the first week, we saw the importance of story in understanding God's call for our lives. And then last week, we noticed that the problems that we are aware of are additional pointers to understanding what God is asking us to do. We also saw last week that God is with us as we go out and encounter the problems of this world. And we saw that by looking at our reading from chapter 3, where Moses encounters the living God in a burning bush. And how God instructs Moses to go back to Egypt and to confront Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelite people go. That's where we left things off. Today our reading jumps to chapter 12. And so just to quickly catch us up from chapter 3 all the way up to chapter 12, uh, we, if you were to read through all those chapters, you would see that Moses does in fact go to Pharaoh in Egypt and, and lets him know that God wants the Israelites to go free. Pharaoh refuses to do that, and Moses, under God's direction, turns the Nile River into blood. 
and Pharaoh still refuses to let the people go. God then sends frogs, Pharaoh refuses, then God sends gnats, God, uh, Pharaoh still refuses, then God sends uh, flies, God still, I mean, Pharaoh still refuses. And so we just get in this dynamic continues where God brings judgment against Pharaoh and the Egyptians in order to get him to change his mind and let the Israelites go. And Pharaoh repeatedly refuses to do it. Nine times they kind of engage in this process of, bringing, of God bringing judgment against Pharaoh and Pharaoh still refusing to listen and change his mind. This is Pharaoh's great sin. He will not listen to God. He will not give the Israelites freedom. Then in chapter 11, God decides to send a final judgment against Pharaoh and the Egyptians who all fail to listen to God. Moses, speaking on behalf of God, tells Pharaoh that God will kill the firstborn of all Egyptians. And that brings us up to chapter 12 and our reading today. Our reading this morning details what the Israelites are supposed to do as this terrible judgment comes across the land of Egypt. They're taking a lamb. They're to take a lamb and prepare a meal to eat. Then they are to take some of the blood of that lamb and to put it on their doorposts outside their homes. And the blood on that doorpost will be a sign to God that this family that dwells there within that home, that these are people that listen to God. And they will be spared the terrible judgment that God is unleashing on the land. The people are supposed to be too ready to go as they eat this meal. This is to be done with their traveling clothes on and their shoes strapped to their feet. They are about to leave and gain their freedom. There is no time to waste. This is going to be a quick exodus. One of the things that shows up in this explanation of what the Israelites are to do is this idea of community. If a household is too small to kind of consume a whole lamb themselves, they're supposed to get together with their neighbors and all kind of come together and to share a lamb together. All the Israelite people are invited to engage in this activity together. Everybody's going to be doing it at the same time across the community. And while this reading is describing this unique event of God's judgment and passing over the people who listen to God, it also talks about this as an ongoing ritual that the people are to engage in. Verse 2 talks about this event is going to mark a new beginning for you. This is going to be the first month of the year now for you when this happens. This is the first day of the rest of your life, Israelites. Take note. You had your old life being enslaved in Egypt, and after this event, you will have a new life of freedom. And you collectively will count time a different way. Remembering and marking time only makes sense in a community agreeing to mark time together. Tomorrow is Monday. You know that, and I know that. And if I say, hey, I'm going to see you on Monday, you know when we are going to see one another. But if I decided, you know what, I am not going to call that day Monday anymore. Instead, I want to call it something like a purple day. That's what I'm going to call it now. And you ask to see me sometime, and I say, hey, I'll see you on purple day. 
that doesn't really help you out a whole lot. You don't know what I'm talking about if I were to use that marker of time. You'd be wondering, well, when are we going to meet? When are we getting together, John? I don't know. A calendar and the marking of time only makes sense within a community all agreeing to mark time in a similar fashion and by similar standards. The Israelites are going to have a new calendar all together as this new free community of people. And because this is a huge moment of transformation in the lives of the people, verse 14 says, This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. This is not a one-time practice that the people will engage in. That the people are to have this meal every year to mark the anniversary of their freedom. And not only are the people who were first there and experienced the first Passover night supposed to do this, but their children's children's children, 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 throughout the generations to come for all eternity are to remember this meal and this night. The community throughout time is supposed to remember and engage in this meal. What is one of the things that the Israelites are supposed to be doing with their lives? What is one thing that God is calling them to do? They are called to remember the Passover every year. The community gives them this gift, points them towards what they should be doing in this way. This is not an optional task for the Israelites to engage in in, how, in remembering how God granted them their freedom. Over the generations and the repeating of this ritual forms people. It gives them an identity as a people who live in freedom and who are able to worship God in freedom. The community across space and time gives this calling to these people. As we think about the question about what God is calling us to do, another tool to help us answer that question is community. The words and the actions of the people around us can point us in the direction of what God is calling us to do. Now, this can be particularly challenging for us in our society, because one of the things that we celebrate and honor in our society is independence. The ability for each of us to uh, be able to make our own choices, to go to our own places, to do what we want to do. Culturally, we want to claim that we are not bound by anyone or anything. And so the idea of listening to community can be very strange to us. But we have to acknowledge that the people around us shape us and form us into who the people we are, for better or for worse. As Christians, we are part of a community. We profess in our creeds when we talk about the communion of saints or the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Jesus has given us this relationship with one another through his life, death, and resurrection. And all who follow Jesus receive God's Spirit and are joined together in this eternal community in relationship with God and in relationship with one another. Our community, the church, is a source of guidance for our lives. And we have a regular ritual, like the Israelites did, that we do weekly. We come together and remember the time of, of what Jesus has done for us as we gather around the table. 
And we share a meal that we might be fed and encouraged to live into God's calling of loving our neighbors. Our common ritual of the Eucharist is giving us guidance for our lives. We also, as a community, have a calendar. The church calendar marks days of remembrance so that we can know what God has done for us and, again, who God is calling us to be. We remember and celebrate different days throughout the years, whether it's on Easter as we celebrate God raising Jesus from the dead and the promise of God to bring resurrection to all of us, or on, Easter, or on Christmas where we celebrate God coming to be with us and dwelling with us as a person in the life of Jesus. The community gives us direction and helps us to know God's voice in our lives. If we want to know God's voice, then participate in Christian community. And I know that can be hard to be in genuine relationship with one another because churches are full of people that are sinful and hurting and annoying. There are people here that do things differently, that think differently, that work differently, that pray differently than us. And that can create challenges for all of us to be together. I've been in churches throughout my life and I've gotten to know many other churches and all of them have their problems and have their warts. But I've also experienced in those same churches people loving and caring for me. I've experienced times of deep connection with God. And through that, I've come to know what God wants me to do with my life. And all that is worth all of the junk that we have to put up with when we are in relationship with one another. One time, many years ago, when I was in college, I was helping set up some chairs uh, in church before an event. And, and a lady I knew there who was also there setting up some chairs, she spoke to me and she said, John, you are always willing to help. And I know that God is going to use you to help so many other people throughout your life. That was such an encouraging word that she spoke to me at that time. It's something that has stuck with me over many, many years. She probably doesn't even remember having said that or spoken it to me. But it mattered greatly to me. One practical thing that we can do to help one another hear God's voice is this. When someone is doing something that you appreciate or makes your life better, let that person know. Tell them. Thank you for listening to me. Your presence was such a gift. Thanks for cleaning up after the potluck. I wasn't sure how it was all going to get done. Thank you for teaching. I never thought about things that way, and that's really going to help me out with my relationship with my friend. Thank you for being faithful. When you say you're going to do something, you show up and you make it happen and you get it done. You're so dependable. This is one more way that we can love and care for one another in this place. And as people tell us these things, the ways that we are benefiting their lives, take notice. This is another way that God speaks to us. And then we can go out and continue to do more of those things that makes the lives of those around us better. Beloved, today, nurture your relationships with one another. Participate in Christian community and the rituals and the fellowships that are here. Do not forsake the bonds of affection that Jesus has given to you. Let one another know how you are being served and how your life is better because of the actions of those around you. 
Not only will this allow your relationships with one another to grow stronger and deeper, but you will be given a clear sense of knowing God's call for your life.